Organizations want proactive employees, but what exactly is proactivity? And how do we encourage it? Plus, are there times when it's not so desirable? Stay tuned to this season finale episode of the Career Engineering Podcast, where we discuss what proactivity at work looks like. Hi there, we are Haley and Jordan Anderson, and this is the Career Engineering Podcast, where engineers help other engineers have better careers. We're a husband and wife engineering team who are passionate about helping you excel in your workplace. After working in the energy and aerospace industries, we both got our master's degrees in organizational behavior. And in this show, we dive into some of the biggest challenges we each face at work that we didn't learn about in our technical degrees. As engineers, we all love to know how things work, So on this podcast, we'll look under the hood using research and experience to help you better navigate your coworkers, organizations, and careers. I got a couple stories for you, Haley. Awesome. I'm ready to hear them. Hope you brought some good ones this week. Well, I do remember this one manager that I had. While working with this manager, I had a lot of ideas of stuff that I could do to help the company, but I would constantly ask my manager if I should do them or not. Eventually, he probably was a little annoyed, and so he just told me that I should go ahead and do things rather than constantly waiting for him to approve them or assign them to me. I learned then that what he really wanted from me was for me to be proactive with my work. He wanted me to proactively identify needs and just go for it rather than constantly asking for permission. Yeah, I think that's something most managers are looking for. It seems like proactive is a key word that shows up in a lot of job postings these days. And so you can understand why. Managers don't have time to instruct their employees on every step, so they need employees who are forward-thinking and tackle needs on their own. Yeah, I definitely agree that employers want and appreciate proactive employees. Though I do think there are situations where proactivity is not appreciated, as one of my favorite stories about my dear wife might teach us. (laughs) Oh no, me? I hope it's not embarrassing. It all worked out wonderfully, (laughs) uh, so it just gives us both a good laugh now for sure. But I do remember once when I received a new job offer, Mm. my beloved fiancé at the time was a little too proactive in telling the world about my new job via Facebook. (laughs) Fortunately, I got to my boss before he heard through the grapevine. But I definitely had some coworkers who found out in a way that I did not intend. Yeah, I remember that. Um, needless to say, I was really excited for your new job since it meant you'd be moving closer to where I lived at the time. But I'm glad my proactive Facebook posting did not ruin too much. Yeah, disaster averted. So uh, no worries <laughs> there. But, but I do think proactivity is an important trait to understand as it becomes more and more desirable in the workplace. So let's go ahead and dive in and dissect what proactivity looks like and how we can encourage it in the right places. (laughs) So Jordan, how would you describe what proactivity is? That's a great question. And this concept feels like something where you'll just know it when you see it, but it is a little bit hard to sit back and define. Adam Grant and Susan Ashford defined proactive behavior as anticipatory actions taken to impact oneself and the environment. They and others have emphasized that being proactive requires two parts. First, perceiving or anticipating a need, and then acting on it. I think it is so key to remember both parts of that equation. You can't really be proactive if you don't see or anticipate a need, no matter how willing you might be to act. 
Yeah, like all those Shark Tank ideas that I wish I had thought of first. Right. Unfortunately, if you don't notice the need, uh, you can't be the one who proactively solves for it. Yeah, we definitely have had our share of ideas we wish we had come up with first. But the flip side is also true, as we mentioned. If you do anticipate something that is needed but are unwilling or just don't care enough to do anything, then you're not being proactive either. Exactly. And we will talk about what would motivate someone to act proactive. But I also think it is important to understand why people choose to act proactively. Or in other words, what goals are we hoping to achieve when we do decide to be proactive? Yeah, there's basically three categories of goals that research mentions that we can be hoping to achieve through proactive behavior when it comes to work. The first goal is to improve our fit between ourselves and our organization or an environment. The second goal can be to simply improve the organization itself. And third, we can act proactively with the goal of improving our company's standing in the external environment or its place among the competition. I think a good example I've seen of that first category where someone's trying to improve their fit within their environment is when you have a new employee and they are very proactively requesting lots of feedback on how they're doing. Essentially what this new employee is trying to do is improve their fit with the company by making sure that they understand their expectations and uh, understand how to do their job correctly. Yeah, and on the flip side, when you ask for a raise or seek new responsibilities, you're being proactive because you want work to better fit with your needs or interests. In another example, you may proactively work to improve the processes and procedures utilized around you because you want to make your organization a better place to work. Yeah, maybe it's just the engineer in me, but I love me a good old thorough process or procedure for sure. (laughs) I really love finding better ways to do things at work and improving how we get things done. I agree, and I love it too, especially because it makes you very efficient in cleaning the house and doing your chores. Um, That's why we get along so great, sweetie. Thanks for that. Um, Individuals also show proactive behavior when they strive to enhance an organization's strategy or innovate new offerings to give them a leg up on the market against whatever competition they may face. I think that in general, as we've listed these examples of proactive behavior, these are generally things that companies want to see their employees do, right? They want employees who identify problems and strive to solve them without having to be told what to do all the time. Or employees who volunteer to take on critical responsibilities so we're not just forcing them on people. These sound like the dream employees that we're all all asking for. Well, for now, I won't challenge you on that, but we will definitely come back to the idea of whether proactivity is always a good thing or not. So stay tuned to the end of this episode, everybody. But yes, I do agree that in general, it is a very desirable trait, and becoming more proactive and helping others to do so as well can be a major plus in both our careers and organizations. So I think the big question here is how do we encourage proactivity, both within ourselves and in those we manage or or work with? Yeah, Sharon Parker from the University of Western Australia has done some really good research in this area, and she mentions three hurdles we have to get past in order to engage in proactive behavior. She labels these can-do, reason-to, and energized-to. Can-do is the first step or hurdle, and this suggests that we first ask ourselves if we're capable of a proactive behavior. So, of course, it makes a lot of sense that if we don't think we can do something, then we're probably not going to get very far. Yeah, so our confidence or self-efficacy in our ability plays a major role for sure. We also take into account whether or not the behavior can actually lead to the end goal we're interested in. So even if we can attend a networking event and make a good impression, for example, if we don't think we'll get the job in the end, even if we do nail it, then we aren't likely to give it a shot. Yeah, when jumping the can-do hurdle, we also take into account perceived costs of an action to decide if it's too risky or not. I think this is really important because even if we think we are capable 
and we think that our actions will make a difference. If there's just too much to lose, we'll choose against acting proactively. And I think organizations a lot of times can stifle proactivity because they've put too many other priorities on people's plates while failing to recognize the value that uh, proactivity could bring. Mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed learning about companies that specifically encourage making sure that employees have time to do things beyond their written tasks and deadlines. Google is a great example of this that historically had, had encouraged employees to devote 20% of their time to self-driven projects. And if you're conscious about that and really make time for it, you're definitely going to see a lot more proactive behaviors and some really innovative benefits. But companies where everyone is always overloaded with to-dos will rarely see employees doing anything beyond their job description simply because they don't have time. Yeah, definitely. I think that's absolutely true. And I think in my career, I've noticed that a lot of the the most influential things that I've done have occurred when I had time to just kind of think outside the box and identify what the most important things are that I could be doing as opposed to just being overwhelmed by the to-dos that I had uh, on my desk each day, right? Right. After the can-do step, we next have to have a reason to do something proactive. There needs to be an attractive reward on the other side if we're going to behave proactively. And that reward doesn't have to come from an external source such as a promotion or or whatever it might be. Our reason to can certainly be intrinsic and it can simply be that we desire a certain future state that will be advantageous to us. Like I might proactively get an assignment done way before a deadline. Mm just because I know it makes me feel less stressed and less worried going forward. (laughs) Only you would get a project done early, babe. Um, But me and I think most everyone else will just wait till the deadline. Thank you very much. Um, Audience, you'll have to let us know whether or not you're before or wait until the deadline is imminent kind of person. (laughs) I'll teach their own, you know. uh, (laughs) Once we have the can-do and the reason to, the third thing we need is to be energized to act. Mentally, we don't want to jump into something if we think we're just going to get stuck in the middle or if we just don't have the energy to follow through with it. Yeah, this means that a person's affect or their mood will play into their proactivity. I know I feel less proactive to get things done when I'm tired or hungry for sure, like right before lunch at work. (laughs) Or when I've gotten out of a long, worthless meeting. Mm, I want to nap much more than I want to do anything particularly proactive. (laughs) Yeah, I think we could all agree with that. Uh, But the moral of the story is if we have these three things working for us, can do, reason to, and feeling energized to, then we're much more likely to be proactive. There's also research that suggests proactivity is like a personality trait, so perhaps some are more likely to behave proactively by default, in which case you could see this as being a very desirable trait to have. Some of this research suggests that a proactive personality is actually more correlated to job performance than the big five personality traits that we discussed last time. Uh, So it is interesting to think in terms of like a proactive personality as well. But circumstances, as we've discussed, can certainly encourage or discourage proactivity regardless of anyone's disposition. Well, with all this talk of proactivity, we probably need to go back and answer a very important question. Is proactivity always a good thing, Jordan? I guess we spent all this time talking about it. I sure hope so. (laughs) Right? Well, it's certainly a positive trait in most circumstances, as we've explained. But there are some times where it can be a negative. For example, at the beginning when I overshared before my husband was ready to share with his company. Absolutely a great example. Great bad example. Learn from my experiences, guys. But another great example is that if someone doesn't necessarily have the skills required to do something, you don't really want them to be proactively trying anyways, like a training surgeon trying to do an advanced uh, skilled procedure. Yeah, very good point. Someone could also behave in a proactive manner that's good for themselves and their careers, but not necessarily good for their organization. So when we're encouraging proactivity, 
hopefully your employees don't just feel like we're encouraging them to proactively search for another job. Yeah, that isn't what you're hoping for. In that vein, others may look down on you for being proactive, actually, because it appears that you're only doing it to look good for your boss. Research actually suggests that proactivity has the greatest correlation with subjective measures like manager's evaluation, as opposed to more objective measures like actual number of bugs in your code or what have you. So it is certainly a way to get on your leader's good side, but just know that brown nosing can be seen negatively by your coworkers and is a real phenomenon. You need to make sure that you use some social intelligence to read the situation before jumping in and completing an assignment for the whole group or emailing the CEO directly with an issue or posting to Facebook. Amen. (laughs) So what all did we learn here today, Haley? Well, we learned that proactivity has two pieces, first, perceiving or anticipating a goal or need, and then second, choosing to act on it. In the workplace, proactivity can look like working towards making ourselves fit the company better, making processes more efficient, or strategizing towards the future. When someone decides whether to act proactively or not, they're asking themselves three questions. Can I do it? Do I have a reason to do it? And am I energized or motivated to do it? So we can encourage others to be proactive by really helping them have the skill set necessary as well as the incentives to want to. While proactivity is generally a good thing, there are situations where it can backfire. If someone acts proactively in an area that they're not properly equipped to do so, then that might cause problems. Or someone may choose to act proactively for their own self-interest and their career, which isn't always to the benefit of their organization. But generally, proactive behaviors will lead to better performance and even potential career advancement as others see your knack for being proactive. And that's a wrap. Woo-woo. This is the last episode of our first season, and we can't thank you all enough for your loyalty and support. We've loved diving into this season's topics with you and working together to craft better careers. And we're excited to take it even further next season. We'll be working on some special updates for you all during the break as well. And we really want this podcast to be about you. So do send in your questions, workplace issues, dilemmas or ideas at careerengineeringteam at gmail.com. Or you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you miss us during this season break, as much as I know we're going to miss you, be sure to connect with us on social media where we'll continue to share helpful content and ideas for your development. Lastly, it would be the highest compliment if you could tell others about the show, share your favorite episode with a friend, and provide a rating so others can more easily find us. Thank you all again. We'll be eager to reconnect with you all very soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.